0: Welcome to Demystified Podcast, episode number five. My name is Justin Ash. I will be your host today. Man, I'm just so excited to be with all of you today as we navigate the realms of unlocking the myth, mystique legends of building ta- uh, building wealth, saving taxes, creating financial freedom. So for those of you who do not know me, my name is Justin, I'm a CPA, I have a practice in Bellevue, Washington, U.S. of of A. Our practice specializes in global business consulting, taxation strategy and mitigation, financial statements, and audit defense. We absolutely love the game. We love working with entrepreneurs, business owners, and investors. We believe that providing the quality service, uh, providing added value, and providing the best content is truly one of the keys to uh, unlocking the mystery of wealth creation. So hey, uh, if you'd like to reach our office, please email us uh, at admin at com. That's admin at com. So there's just, man... There's just so much to cover as we dive into into the topics, uh, business, entrepreneurship, investing, market, marketing, management, global economics, finance, regulation, taxation, strategy. So the question becomes, hey, in a world that's driven, uh, you know, we have politics, corporations, media, propaganda, consumerism. How can we stay centered? How can we see both opposite sides of the coin? And remain 100% diplomatic and make rational decisions based on factual data and evidence. Well, let me tell you, I'm super stoked that you asked that question because that is exactly what this podcast is all about. That is exactly what's covered within the content of the episodes of these podcasts today. So, without further uh, ado, we do have a treat for you guys today. The topic of today's podcast will be marketing for huge dollars, and we have a special guest on the podcast, Jeremy Poole. Jeremy's a marketing genius, the CEO and founder of uh, The Real Estate Social. He's the host at the moment and a true expert in providing valuable content via social media and other marketing channels. So stay tuned. We have Jeremy on the line.
1: Jeremy, you there, brother? All right. I'm here.
0: All right, man. Shoot, I can barely I can barely hear you here.
1: What about now? How's it going, buddy? Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now, man. I can okay. hear you better now. Great. Sweet. Sweet. So all right, we have Jeremy Cole on the line. Um, so Matt, our uh, our listeners are uh, dying to hear about you, brother. So, so tell our uh, our
1: listeners a little bit about yourself, man, where you from, what are you all about? Uh, Who is Jeremy Poole? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Poole, 34 years old, serial entrepreneur, grew up in Tacoma, Washington. Um, started my first business when I was 19 years old, a movies and storage company. Did not want to go to college. Luckily, that business uh, became a pretty fast success. Was able to do some cool things like buy homes at a young age. Retired my mom when I was 23. Um, grew the business from my mother's spare bedroom and our apartment in University Place. Uh, was able to land large contracts with companies like Cost Plus, World Market, Costco, Pier Imports, Old Cannery. Um, and employ my brother, my sister. Uh, and at one point had a, had a staff of around over 20. Um, when the, when, when the market crashed, I felt it. Um, nobody in my family owned businesses. Nobody in my family was really all that, uh, educated when it, when it came to money. And so I was running everything cash. I didn't have any lines of credit, I ran the business for about six years. And so when the market crashed, it, it hit me pretty hard. Lost cars. Quickly learned that I could still make money in the mortgage space. Jumped into the mortgages in 2009. Yes. Um, while everybody was... A lot of the guys that I knew that were still making the kind of money that I was making or was making prior to the, the, the market crash were still in mortgages. Um, and they were complaining about the new compliance laws and having to pass test exams. And I just remember getting in. Having literally no experience with it, everybody in the office except for the branch manager failing the test. And I almost aced the test on my first try. And I'm, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to crush this thing. First day on the phone, broke the the branch record. I got 12 applications the first day. So I'm pretty excited. I'm like, wow, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to do extremely well here. Uh, so this was before the Dodd Frank deal, or, or after? So, uh, yeah, so this is after. The, the, this is like right after. This is like immediately when there is now a test in place. You now have to be licensed. That's when I joined. Okay. Okay. Cool. And awesome. So, awesome. Yeah, jumped jumped right in. Um, realized that you know, although the the money was was pretty decent on on, on the. On the short term, um, I like running my own company. I like taking big risks. And so I got out of that after about a year or so, launched a financial services company, which devolved into a technology company called Optolife, which was pretty cool. It was a startup, literally just came up with an idea after reading Dr. Howard Friedman's book. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Howard Friedman, but he is the world renowned um, health psychologist, expert, wrote textbooks for Oxford, um, been on Martha Stewart, been on, um, Oprah, been on CNN, NBC, every major TV network show you can imagine. I read his book called the longevity project and discovered basically what it takes to be a centurion. And, And what that essentially means is how do you, how do you need to think, how do you need to conduct yourself? How do you need to live your life to live past 100 and what they found was it's not necessarily if you drink and if you smoke and do drugs it's more so about how you handle stress and how you deal and how you interact with people at work and your family members and so after thinking through that we created this, this this application that we called OptiLife built it out raised some funds that was a pretty cool process you know talking to sequoia talking to some of the largest hedge, hedge funds in the world with no experience at all (laughs) about what I was doing has, has conducted the world long, the world's longest longevity study. Essentially he tracked thousands of individuals over a period, I think of like 20 something years, long, long study, famous study in psychology to understand what it takes to, to, to live past a hundred. And essentially, um, wrote this book, the New York times, bestseller, wall street journal, you know, bestseller. It was big deal. Um, and so I called the guy at his office and pitched, them, pitched him a idea, pitched him on, on being my business partner. And he thought it was interesting. And I uh, thought I was interesting for having the balls, I guess, to reach out to him in that fashion. And um, oh, away we go. So we we, we started building it. Um, uh, New York Times caught wind of it. London Times caught wind of it. We're in those publications And then eventually we got to a point where we started to beta test it. We, we tested it with the entire executive staff of LinkedIn that includes the CEO. Um, We, we, we beta tested it with the entire executive staff of LL Bean and a couple other smaller companies. Um, But if you have ever started a tech company or if you, Know of anyone who's ever done that, or if anyone's listening to this, you'll realize that it's incredibly expensive and there's a rather high burn rate. So, although we did raise a considerable a considerable amount of money, um, we were burning through the money like a fire and <laughs> well, like yeah. a, uh, a mountain fire. That's and-
0: like today's. That's like today's uh, Netflix or Tesla, right? How are the? I mean, the stock prices are going up, but those guys are showing massive amounts of negative free cash flow and losses on a quarterly basis.
1: Exactly. So yeah, I can relate. I can relate. So 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 after having some um creative differences with my business partners, I wanted to focus on lower level mortgage companies, insurance companies, things of that nature to beta test, because essentially what the study shows is that if you can increase your emotional well being, you will show up better in life. That means you'll sell better, you'll interact with people better. You'll be able to influence people through your EQ, your emotional um, intelligence, if you will, and just be able to navigate through life better. And so, you know, after really banging heads with my partner for a while, I just decided to sell my stock back to the company and then move. So at this point in time, I'm living in San Diego. I've been living in San Diego for about four years and then I moved back to my hometown in Tacoma. So I went full circle. I did the thing that I decided that I would never do. So, you know, I had the moving company in in Tacoma, started to grow up, started to make some money, moved to Seattle, started, started a financial services firm in, in, in in Kirkland, Washington, right off of uh, Lake Washington Boulevard. Super nice office. Decided to move the company to San Diego Um, and come back to Tacoma. And what I realized was that, Again, I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. I came back to get back into mortgages. Uh, the real estate business was really starting to take off here in this market, in the Pierce County, King County market. And although I was doing mortgages and, and making money, it just I felt like I was a lion in a cage. I felt like I was captive and I didn't really see a future in it for me long term. So I decided to spice things up a little bit. And within a month of being a mortgage lender, I decided to start a nonprofit organization for the pure purpose of connecting people around real estate so I could go to large corporations who wanted to market their products and services to other real estate professionals just like me so I can throw swanky parties. So all I just explained right there is just a really roundabout legal way for me, for me to say I, I formed a nonprofit for the pure purpose of raising money so I can throw high-end parties.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love
1: it. And so uh, the number one mortgage broker in Pierce County at the time uh, was in my office, 36, making $700,000 a year. Um, and, you know, I, 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 saw his system. I saw what he did. He was nice enough to kind of show me his, his system and it's great, but it took him 13 years to get there. And I, you know, I, I wanted to do it in two, in two years. And so I thought to myself that if real estate agents here knew me and knew my talent beyond closing loans, look, I'll, I'll close your loan. <laughs> your customers will like me. You won't have any complaints. But more than that, I can help you with marketing. I can help you with positioning. I can help you with time management. I have a lot of skills that you probably don't because of my background. And so the, the, the best way for me to position myself as a go-to mortgage lender was to flex my entrepreneurial muscles and not call you and say, Hey, do you have anything for me? Um, and so I threw my first party again. I have no event planning experience at all. I've never even thrown a birthday party, let alone a barbecue. And, uh, we, we, we launched it and marketed on Facebook at this point in time. I had no presence on Facebook. I've been away from this market for now for four years. I was a complete no namer. And, um, we, we created this event on Facebook called the PNW real estate social launch party and it freaking worked, um, and it worked, <laughs> it worked extremely well, went viral. Yeah, it went viral and we had 84 people show up, four of which I knew the rest, I, I had no idea who they were, um, and once they all got there, they realized, holy smokes, we're all real estate agents. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I know. That was on purpose. Hey, you're the only lender. I know. I'm the director of the nonprofit organization. So once they caught on, like, so you organize this whole thing just so you can get around compliance law, just so you can get us here so you can network with us. Yes. That's genius. <laughs> and so uh, a few of them really, really appreciated that creative approach. And uh, I got five loans that night, five loans that night that closed. Um, Nice. And so, and so from there, my, my, my branch manager was really blown away because part of, part of uh, being a, a high producing mortgage loan officer is to throw events, right? Throw networking events, stay in front of your, stay in front of your referral partners. And the average well, I won't say average, the high-end uh, mortgage broker typically struggles to get 10 to 15 realtors to show up, let alone for the whole time. But my strategy was to get them to show up in droves, not for me, but for the lifestyle. I, w- I was I was presenting and marketing a lifestyle, meaning if you're successful, if you're a mover and shaker, or maybe you're starting out, but you're really ambitious, this is the place to be. Now, if you don't have a suit, if you don't have high hill hill stilettos if you don't like cocktails and fancy parties this is not for you and so i made it really really clear on who i was trying to attract and who i was not and it and and it worked so from there what happened was um i i I don't know why i decided to do this but something told me to i needed to announce an even bigger party because everyone there was like wow this is so good everyone's having a great time nobody's like cat fights no one's you know, competing, everyone's sharing market knowledge, everyone's encouraging each other. It was, it was actually a really, really good time. Um, and so I decided that I was going to throw a new year's party a couple of year, a couple of months later at the glass museum. Now I just started to make money again. Um, things are going well and there's no reason, there's no reason why I just, why I, I had to do this, but something in my gut told me you need to rent out the glass museum and you need to throw the biggest event to come as ever seen. So I grabbed the microphone and I say, I'm going to rent out the Glass Museum for New Year's. I'm going to throw a huge black tie gala, red carpet event. You got to come. And everyone there, including my girlfriend, thought I was, I was joking. But I went full steam ahead. As soon as I, I had that success, I rolled it immediately into contacting the event planner at the Glass Museum, told them what I had planned. Luckily, the Fortune 500 companies that usually have that locked down um, decided to place it on hold. So there was like a couple of day opening. So I put down the money and now I have it secured. And then after start like doing, doing the math on uh, event planning on uh, catering, uh, having multiple bars, leather furniture, uh, furniture in there, uh, the insurance policy, entertainment, the red carpet after, after doing the math, it came out to be like a $48,000 party. And <laughs> yeah, Ooh. It, it <laughs> it, nice one. <laughs> it hit me. And so if I was experienced, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm so happy that I, I, I went into it naive because that pressure, that financial pressure gave me laser focus on the fact that I needed to sell tickets. And then I needed to take that money in, and, and invest it into the event to make sure it's the best thing ever. Long story short, we sold 474 tickets at a hundred dollars a pop. I raised like $18,000 from nice. corporate sponsors like Tycor Title, American Family Insurance, uh, brokerages, interior design firms. And, and what I found, every single corporation I reached out to said, yes. Nobody said maybe. Nobody said, I'll get back to you. Nobody said, I have to go to Red Tape. Every single person, one meeting, one close. Easy. And I'm thinking to myself like, either, either yeah. I found something really special here or I'm really special. And what I realized was it was a combination of the two. It was just pure audacity. Like, look, here's the honest truth. I want to throw a really cool party for the sole purpose of getting the, the people that mean you want to connect with. Your piece in this is a 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000. My piece in it is blood, sweat, and tears and some money as well. And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, worst case scenario, no one shows up and I have my name plastered on stuff. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it, it worked out. Um, it wound up being the largest event the, the, the glass museum has ever had there. They have never had more than 400 people in that facility at one given time. And they allowed me to get up to 474 and then they cut me off. Uh, but that really set me on this new, this new journey. So now there's no name mortgage lender has this big presence online and people are now calling me and by people, I mean, top brokers, not only in King County, but Thurston County. People, people from out of state are calling me like who is this Jeremy Poole guy renting out glass museums and throwing throwing parties why don't I know him right and uh, and so from there I decided to launch a talk show called the moment and that um, you know it's now been just over a year we recently won a telly award um, so it, it, it's it's been a really interesting journey that would have never have happened. It would have never have taken place if I'd have never t- taken that first step and through that first party.
0: Dude, that's what I'm always talking about, man. Cause you know, like fear holds us back oh, yeah. and there's so much fear in it. It's, it's, you know, it's false evidence appearing real. That's the acronym, right? So it's just about like taking that next step. Cause everybody wants to, you know, I had an old gym teacher back in the day. He used to say, you know, Justin, everybody, nobody wants to wake up early in the morning, but everybody wants to change the world, type of deal, you know. And it's like getting past that fear and taking that first step. And it's crazy when you become an entrepreneur, when you become a businessman. It's very esoteric, in my opinion, that like doors just start opening up and avenues just start opening up. And all of a sudden, you, you never, you never thought you'd meet that person. You meet that person. You never thought you'd get that deal, and you get that deal. And it's man, it's it's crazy. I agree with you 100. percent This is awesome stuff. No, it,
1: you know. I feel like almost that's the way God, if you believe in God, designed this world in the sense that I find that for me, it's a really simple formula. If I think about something, I get really excited about it. And then there's like a cycle that'll last for a little bit. And then I get afraid. Oh, no. What if I screw up? What if I can't raise the money? What if I'm not good enough? I find that if that occurs, then it's for me. It's designed for me. God put a hurdle just high enough that I have I have not jumped that high. I have not stretched. I have not built the muscle. I have not built my abilities yet. Therefore, I'm living on the edge of my abilities, and that's how I grow. And so, from the first event to the second event to the talk show to now, you know, for instance, I'm ho- I'm hosting this big charity um, tech talks event on. August 10th. I've never hosted a third-party event, hosted, you know, hosting the event the entire time, talking, interacting with people. This is a charity event where many of the upper echelon folks in the tech community from Amazon to Vulcan to major companies are going to be there and I'm going to be hosting the whole thing. And so a year ago, that would have scared me And, and it still does scare me, but I know I can do it and I know I can do it well. Just like my first time speaking In public to a group over 100, I was super excited about it. Really excited, like, oh man, I I love speaking, I love presenting, but I never talked to a group over the over like 20, 25, maybe. And I'm very comfortable there. And so I was asked to speak at this uh, at this event in in, uh, Snoqualmie at this golf course, and everyone on the stage is a millionaire except for me. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going into it thinking I'm pulling up in a 2016 Grand. Jeep Cherokee and the guy who just spoke uh, before me pulled up in a brand new Ferrari, <laughs> you know? And so already I'm feeling insecure and these guys talk all the time. And so I get up there and I have this four page speech. Like, like it's, it's money. It is a really, really good speech. Four pages of just the best, most intelligent stuff. Jeremy Poole is capable of coming up with. I get up there, and I go blank. I can, I go, I go completely blank, and and so and so I start reading. Right, I'll I'll glance down. I grab a, I grab a paragraph. Okay, I have that, and so then I'll deliver that. But it's like I'm walking with a crutch, and someone's saying, "Yeah, you you know, you're dressed nice, and you're saying the words, but you're, you're clearly using training wheels." So then I say, "You know what, guys, I'm really nervous." To be honest with you, I forgot what I was going to say. So I'm just gonna put my my speech down and I'm just gonna talk from the heart. And so I started yes. telling stories for about 20 minutes about life and and how it ties back to the whole reason why I was asked to come there. And everyone stood up and applauded, and everyone thought everyone thought it, it was a part of my act. Everyone thought it was a part <laughs> of the speech. And I was like, no, that was real. I was I was literally. So, uh, had so much anxiety and feeling so much fear that I literally forgot everything I wrote. Yeah. It's the ethos. Yeah, man. And so I think like w- when you step into it, right, just, just whatever it is you want to do, just step all the way into it. And what you realize is that you are more than capable. You are more than well-equipped to, to to accommodate and to handle any situation that you're put yourself into. But it's like a partnership in which you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe that this is something that's that that is for you. Uh, Otherwise you will shrink. You know, uh, we, as humans, we're like muscles. You're always building or deteriorating. And if you're not stretching yourself, then guess what? You are deteriorating.
0: Yes. Yes. Man, that is so on point. Woo-hoo, that's an awesome story, brother. Right. Um, so we talked a little bit about, you, you, you talked a little bit about, um, of course, the topic of, of today's uh, podcast is marketing for huge dollars. So now you're in this marketing yes. space. And I mean, I see you all over social media, brother. I, I love your content. And uh, we're, we're going to ask you to do a oh, President okay, Obama man. impersonation at the end. <laughs> so... So, 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 so how do you you talk about showing up in the market marketplace and something I'm always talking about, man, the topic of this part or the the title of this podcast is demystified. It's like, Hey, like how, like, you know, so many different things going on. Like, how do we, uh, you know, how do we add value? So how do you differentiate yourself from the competition? How do you bring that added value? Because that in a world with so many people, so many businesses, so much competition, you got to be able to add value somehow.
1: Well, you know, Everyone is different. You know, there's, there's not one fingerprint that's the same. Um, with however many billions of people on the planet, there's not a single fingerprint that's the same. And so I say that because you are different. You, you don't have to try to be different. You are different. And so the number one thing I tell people that I did, that I'm trying to do, or no screw trying that I'm doing and that I help my clients with is stop pretending to be someone that you're not just right now quit it be you be you yep. and that person is special find the thing that you're really really yeah. good at that you are truly and honestly passionate about and do that as often as possible and then you'll attract people who oh. like that so, you know i, 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 I tell people no, just,
0: just own just, that shit
1: be, be be the person that you are with yeah but just essentially video is the way to go it it, it just it doesn't matter what you're selling First of all, social media is the best platform for marketing your products and services. And the best way to get as much attention and engagement as possible is video. That's what YouTube wants. That's what Facebook wants. And in fact, Facebook said last year that by 2019, 85% of the content that you see is going to be video. If it's not video, it's going to get pushed down. And within five years, everything, all traffic on Facebook will be video. That's from Facebook corporate direct.
0: Wow. Wow. That's an interesting stat that, uh, yeah, that's a dose of reality right there. I mean, it's true. You know, it's true. There's like social media. It's, it's the future. Basically it's
1: the future. Well, people, people want to be entertained in this age of, of just massive information. The best way for us to retain information is through video because it's visual audio And and it allows you to associate uh, that content with something else that you've already learned uh, versus it just being audio versus it just being visual. Video is the best way to learn something that is proven time and time again.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean that, um, you know, the future of the industry, that's kind of like what you touched on there. Um, But as far as, you know, like your business going, all of that. Um, is this the video thing? Is this like is, is this like the wave of the future, or is there anything else we should know about? Um, is there are there any new findings in other different media channels or, uh, or things that you're personally exploring or interested in?
1: For me, right now, my my number one focus is to build our brand uh, on social media using video and to help our clients do the exact same thing i mean we have we have everything from builders massive builders um as clients we have single agents we have single teams we have entire brokerages reaching out we have lenders so anybody who, anybody who needs to communicate their message to attract more clients uh specifically in, in the realm of real estate that's who we help that that's who we work with and so we will eventually branch out into other businesses but uh for now Real estate is our thing.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love, uh, I love real estate, man. I'm also an investor. Um, something I want to go back to. You touched on towards the be- beginning of this podcast. You talked about the market correction. It's something that I'm always preaching about, blogging about, podcasting about. Is you know preparing ourselves for potentially? Well, it's going to happen. Markets runs runs and run in cycles. So so uh, you know we're about ten years into this bull market here. Um, we know that markets run in cycles. Uh, is there anything that you're doing to prepare? I mean, I think you're on the right because without marketing, we can't sell ourselves. And no matter what, if we're an up market or a down market, man, we got to get our teams out there, period. But is there any other areas, industries, investments? I mean, you got a pretty broad investment experience there that you like, or ways to hedge, or how you can position yourself for a potential market correction?
1: You know, right now, to be honest with you, I'm going all in on what I'm doing right now. Um, I, I pay a lot of attention to other people who are building brands, everything from Ty Lopez. I don't necessarily like what he's selling, but I like how he's selling it. Grant Cordon, Lewis Howes, uh, Gary V, and all of these people have said it in a different way. They've, they've said this in a different way. They said, if I lost everything, I mean everything. If I can maintain one thing, it would be my audience because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I could rebuild it so fast if I, if, if I had my audience. And so for me, my thought process was, was the same and that's evolved. And it's, it's reached that point for me mentally is that the number one thing that you want to do uh, if you're selling products and services is that you want to build an audience once you have that audience and you have trust and you have people liking you and wanting to work with you, it doesn't matter what you're selling.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely. It's all about creating a following type of deal. I've heard other people talk about like so important. Yeah. I mean, having like Gary Vee, having, you know, raging fans, you know, creating that following. I, I love, yeah, I can agree with that. So that's good stuff. Um, so, so, uh, what I'm super interested in brother is I saw the video that you put out, uh, of president Obama. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. And just by hearing your voice, man, I can totally hear his voice in, in your voice or your voice in his voice. Um, I, I, I want to give our listeners, uh, I'd like to give our listeners, uh, a president, uh, Barack Obama, uh, impression. If you don't mind doing it, brother.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I've, I've never I've never done a President Obama – well, actually, I'll say it like Obama. I've never done a President Obama impersonation on the spot like this. But if I did do it, I would speak in spurts, allow for plenty of pauses, and then inflection at certain times in my voice when I'm delivering my words.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Because uh, really awesome. <laughs> what, 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 what happened was I began speaking a lot in public and without even realizing it, I had a lot of the same speaking patterns that he had and uh, people started pointing it out and then eventually started calling me the rock or Obama or the Barack. And so I figured I would have some fun with it. Any last words for our
0: listeners or or anything you wanna you wanna pitch uh, before, we, before
1: we part? You know, uh, no. Um, well, no and yes. I, I would just say I would say if you're if you're serious about your craft, about your business, about your service, I would take a hard look at doing things that make you uncomfortable. Uh, expand your comfort zone. Video is a great way to do that. Public speaking is the number one fear for everyone. Uh, being on video is number two. And if you're willing to practice speaking in front of people, or if you're willing to be on video, that, that is hands down the best way. And I think going forward, that's going to be among the top skills and talents that business partners, referral partners, uh, just people in business in general look for is, are you courageous enough to put your brain on display, right? <laughs> that's one yeah. thing to say That's one thing to study for an exam and pass a test. But will you stand in front of a few hundred highly intelligent people and communicate what you think your value add is? And 99% of people are not comfortable doing that. And so if you can put yourself into a place to where you are comfortable doing that, well, you have the advantage in every situation.
0: Yes. Yes. I totally agree, man. So, shoot, thank you so much, man. You provided some amazing insights, some amazing content. Uh, I, I'm super excited, man, to go back and listen to this this podcast. I know uh, some of our listeners uh, also will be. So thank you, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for taking the time today. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll probably be seeing you here in the near future at uh, one of your events.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, well, so... Uh, for folks who are listening in in, uh, in Seattle, August tenth, I'm hosting a fantastic event called Seattle Tech Talks. There's going to be 250 of some of the most important affluent people in the tech and real estate world. I'm going to be interviewing live uh, Dan Price on stage. Dan Price is a world-renowned business leader. He's been on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. Magazine. Um, he's the CEO of. Gravity Payments, which is a multi-million-dollar uh, credit card processing company headquartered in Ballard, has about 150 employees, and in his world, he's world famous for the lowest-paying job is seventy grand.
0: Wow. Entry
1: level. L- entry level is seventy grand, and that got him on Fox. That got him all kinds of attention, and he's held true to that. So that should be pretty cool. Um, good folks are are and so essentially this event is gonna be American Idol Meets Shark Tank and I'm the host. So Sweet. imagine ten <laughs> to fifteen of the top rated startups in the Seattle market all compete to pitch in front of GeekWire and Pioneer Labs. And Renee, she's a she's a, a real estate broker with caliber real estate. Um, her father actually taught Steve Jobs and Steve um Wozniak, and actually worked directly under Jack Welch, which is a famous General Electric CEO, one of the greatest managers, greatest CEOs of all time. So the who's who of the business community in Seattle will be there August 10th. Um, It's actually held at the rooftop of the Bell Harbor Conference Center. It should be pretty fun.
0: Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I got that invite, man. So yeah, definitely planning on uh, uh, getting out there and meeting you in person. That that would be awesome.
1: Cool, buddy. Well, I appreciate your time. And I appreciate the invite. Hopefully we can, uh, we can merge all these uh, four <laughs> segments.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get them all in there, my man. So yeah, I appreciate it, Jeremy. Um, so yeah, you take care, my man.
1: All right, buddy. Talk to you soon.
0: All right. Take care. Bye.